Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Kester. This is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and 1240 KFH. And good morning, everybody, and welcome in to Sports Daily. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Caster, Chiefs fans riding high this morning after another great weekend of football, including the Chiefs getting on the road and beating Buffalo. Dig into that, certainly, as we make our way through the day. I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. That KFH hotline will be open for you today at 869-1240. It'll be occupied at the top of the next hour by Shreyas Lada, our KU Insider, uh, KU lays an egg. Now they got to turn right back around and play again tonight. We'll get into that with Shreyas as they play Cincinnati later tonight. We can get through some of the rest of the college basketball weekend. The Shockers still winless in American Athletic Conference play. Uh, panic time for Wichita State? Maybe. We'll get into that as we make our way through as well. Jad Chambers producing. He's man in that KFH hotline. He'll help us give away some HTO iced tea and brew house coffee at some point in the show today. Uh, so we have a lot to get to, obviously, with the Chiefs on a big win last night. Tommy, how are you this morning? Man, I'm good. It was a good weekend of football. Uh, enjoyed watching uh, all the games, basically. It was fun to watch the Ravens kind of flex a little bit in the opening game. Uh, and then the 49ers just about lost to Green Bay. That Packers team is going to be dangerous in the future. Lions and Bucks. That was fun to watch also. Baker Mayfield with a little bit of a comeback there that fell just short against the Lions. And then, of course, the game uh, last night that I know we're going to get into, Chiefs and Bills. Well, another all-time classic, I think, in that rivalry. Yeah, look, and it's there for the Chiefs. The The Niners, maybe without Debo Samuel, we know that they've been, I saw it again, they're a totally different team when they're not completely healthy. And if he doesn't play, I might take the Lions. We'll see. Um, let's let's get to the Chiefs. Tommy, I, like, are you still angry with me for telling you not to panic halfway through the season? Like, are you still viscerally mad when I say <laughs> things like that? Uh, I, I feel like I was catching so many strays for telling people just hang tight, hang tight, hang tight. This defense is good enough, and they'll have Mahomes in the playoffs. They only allowed a handful of big plays last night. Like, they, they are. And look, the formula that I, I've been trying to talk about almost got derailed last night because Buffalo yep. got out hot. But yep. they stuck to their plan. And, and 
in that, I'm telling you, it's good enough. I've been telling you for a long time. Obviously, it is now. We all know that now. They went on the road and beat Buffalo. But that's that's what has been so remarkable, I think, about I, – and I don't even know who deserves the most credit for this. Probably Andy Reid, honestly, for for changing what he's always done, right? For allowing this team to be the way it is now because that was the only chance they had. The only chance. And it's still such a razor-thin line with these receivers making mistakes still, uh, with – you, you cannot give up a big play or it doesn't work. And it, again, it looked like it might get derailed a couple of times, but they stuck to it. And when you've got that defense and 15 and 87, you can beat anybody in this league. And they're showing that now. I feel terrible for Bills fans. What a brutal, agonizing, wide rider, you kidding me way to go down. There, that That is going to – Josh Allen is so awesome. And they had so many injuries, like, and I get it. Like everybody's Bills country right now is panicking, but man, they they were down a receiver and a half, like four linebackers. They they were decimated going into that, which is why I couldn't believe there. And I think they were a pretty heavy betting favorite in that game. Like the Chiefs, for all intents and purposes, now they lost some guys during the game, but going into that game, Tommy, they're they're healthy. You know, they're they're as healthy as they've been all year. We'll see on the injuries uh, that they sustained within the game. But, you know, that's a big part of this, too. Like, that Buffalo should be the perfect example. Like, look what happens when you're hurt. Miami, look what happens when you're hurt. But when we talked about the Chiefs, like, if they could do this, maybe they run into a team that's facing some injuries, right? And they've done that twice now, Miami and Buffalo. Missing a bunch of linebackers. Great, because we need to run the ball. Isaiah Pacheco's a stud. It's here. This is it. The Chiefs can win a Super Bowl. The way that that game started, I I honestly thought that it was going to be a Buffalo route. It was not a good start for Kansas City at all, especially defensively. And they got gashed first half big time on the ground. Josh Allen didn't need to throw the football because his legs were making it work. And then you add in James Cook and they were handing the ball off to Steph Diggs a couple different times. Also, they were getting gashed at multiple times uh, in that first half. It was a Jekyll and Hyde effort from the Kansas City defense, but Steve Spagnola, what he does at halftime, making adjustments. Everybody talks about how Andy Reid is a great halftime adjustment coach, and he is, but Steve Spagnola is just as good defensively making adjustments at halftime. And when you look at the number of points that that defense has allowed since week 14 of the season in the second half, they've not allowed anything more than seven points in a second half since week 14 of the regular season. They have shut opposing offenses down in the second half of football games, and they did that last night. This still is the only team in the National Football League that has yet to allow 30 points to an opposing team at any point during the, during the season. They didn't do it last night either. They only allowed seven points in the second half and kept Buffalo from scoring any more than 24. So while they did get gashed in the first half and Josh Allen, you know, they, they lost Willie Gay. So the, the big spy who really that's his job to make sure that Josh Allen doesn't take off and run. They lose him. It was not looking good in the first half. Defensively, they locked down. They made the adjustments that they needed to make. And honestly, this was a game that all season long I've been thinking like eventually you're going to have to have that offense show up. You can't always expect the defense 
to shoulder the burden. You can't always expect the defense to bail out a struggling offense. Eventually, the offense has to repay what the Kansas City defense has done all season long. And Patrick Mahomes did that in the game last night. And Travis Kelsey had a big game. Isaiah Pacheco on the ground. Rishi Rice. That's the formula for Kansas City. And it worked well for them to squeak out a victory. I mean, it was another all-time classic. It wasn't without a share of mistakes and definitely what we've grown accustomed to with this team, but they did just enough to get the job done. Yeah, and that's the thing that's always been, it's almost like the don't panic that I was trying to feel halfway through is now playing out in each individual game. Like, don't panic. Willie Gay's out. I was panicked early in that game. Willie Gay's out, and it's going to be killer to try now to spy Josh Allen. Willie Gay may still be out. Like, we got to see his status, but they're going to need another spy in the next game they play, and he's one of the best defensive players on the field when he's out there. And so, but they didn't, right? They didn't panic when they were taking body blows early on. And and that's, it is such a, because if they do, if they try to get too cute and run McCole Hardman jet sweep plays on first and goal, Bad things happen, like they've been happening all year long. I mean, McCole Hardman's line was all-time laughable last night. Two touches, negative yards, and two fumbles. Stop with that. And even those tiny little moments of Andy Reid going back to Andy Reid that we've all loved for a long time, just doesn't have the roster for it this year, can kill him. And it almost did yesterday. I mean, I could not believe that McCole Hardman on that second play did what he did. Could well, not it, believe yeah. it. And look, I've heard justification from people that, well, you know, Pacheco wasn't in the game because he had just broken Who off cares? a big run and he wasn't able to, you know, catch his breath to be able to get back in on the next play. Well, that's great. You've got Clyde Edwards, Elaire, who had a pretty solid game as well. Put him in the Give game and let him run Michael it up the gut. I don't care who Do something it. different than giving it to McCole Hardman. I hope that they never give McCole Hardman the football Ever again. And you know what? I, I was excited. I, I, I Honestly, you. <laughs> when the, he had the first catch and I text Tommy, I would be real uh, happy if he doesn't yeah. touch the ball again. And then he and did then what happens on the next touch. When the inactives list came out for the game, we know that Sky Moore has been uh, on IR. So that's been good. We saw that Kadarius Tony was inactive for the game. I'm like, okay, that's good. Like we're, we're leaving the guys that are making the mistakes off the roster for these really important games, except for McCool Hartman, the only one left. And, you know, and, and so he, somebody's got to pick up that slack, but you know, it's, it's really important, especially when you're moving to an AFC championship game against a team like the Baltimore Ravens, you cannot get cute in your play calling. The formula works for Kansas City. Yeah. We've seen it work, right? And and I've been skeptical. I'm the first one to admit I've been skeptical that this formula would take them this far, but it has. Okay? So you have to ride that formula. Run the ball with Pacheco. I'm okay with even running the ball with Clyde Edwards-Elaire. Run the dang football. Soften up the defense. Get it to Travis Kelsey and Rasheed Rice over the middle. Take everything else out of the playbook. I, you don't have to do any of it, right? Yep. You don't have to give the ball to McCole Hardman. You and you know honestly, I thought MVS had a couple good catches. Like they were, Listen, it was the, the best game, a ton of credit. best game he's had yes. this season, bar none. I'm still not sure that you rely on that. I think well, it's okay you, to I, you know if you if you the, have something that works, a mismatch or whatever. Okay, that's yeah. fine, but you don't rely on that. You rely that's on that he's formula ever been anyway to get the job right? done. Like he's a shot play guy, and think about too with him specifically. All of a sudden, they basically ignore him for about a month. The pressure's off. 
he's open. He makes a couple plays. Yep. Like that, they need him to make a play a game, probably, and and maybe that's that's not even a probably. That's a maybe, dude. You got to make. We, we will. We it, you will get schemed up to be open. So just make like one play a game, and and I think the pressure's off on him now, and that's where he's good. It, it's what's what's crazy, and the Ravens are three and a half point favorites. I like the Chiefs again. I, I I'm not you know, wavering for what I've been saying for, for three months now. Think about this game. The Ravens are deeper, no question, right? They're they're a more top-to-bottom complete roster right now. But then break it down further. Who are you taking, Mahomes or Lamar Jackson? Uh, Probably Mahomes right well, now. They're definitely I, I lo- Mahomes. I lo- yeah. Best, I love best Lamar playoff Jackson, quarterback but, we've seen yeah. other than Tom Brady, right? Like, he he's it. Yep. Okay. Are you taking Isaiah Pacheco or the collective of Baltimore running backs right now? Uh, probably Isaiah Pacheco. Are you taking Travis Kelsey or any pass catcher that Baltimore has? Mm, the pa- the pass catchers for Baltimore are pretty dang good. Collectively, Collectively but I'm not taking any of good. them individually. Okay. Over Travis Kelsey, would you I mean, take Zay any Flowers of them? Is this pretty great? Uh-huh. Would you, okay, let's go rookie if, for if rookie. Mar- if, Mark, if Mark Andrews is able to get back for this game, I mean, he's a dynamic tight yep. end. Still not taking him over Kelsey. Okay. Uh, or or the, the NFL's all-time best touchdown, yeah. you know, combination I get your in point. the history I get, of the— I get what and, you're and saying. One more, but I'm not, you I'm not downplaying, I'm not downplaying the, the talent that Baltimore has. Are you taking has. Zay Flowers or are you taking Rashi Rice right now? Mm. That's that's a coin flip. They're both outstanding. What I'm saying is, at the top level... Oh, and the other one. Who are you taking? The Chiefs defense or the Ravens defense? I'll take the Chiefs defense, even with Willie Gay up in the air. So if you look at them individually, I think the Chiefs have a lot of advantages. Now, collectively... You're taking Harrison again, Butker or Justin Tucker? That's a great question. This <laughs> yeah. year? I, yeah. I Coin flip. But, yeah. you know, like, it's... It's just when we and the Ravens again, you know, top to bottom depth, all of those things, versatility, right? They I, they're they're probably the best team in football this year. Yeah, but when you look, they at, are the best team in football this year. When you look, well, I'd say, I say that because of San Francisco. When when you look though at like the top end and the players that matter to what you're trying to do, nobody's better than the Chiefs right now. Nobody is. And and we saw that again last night. Like if you if we can just get to this point where they just lean into that defense, don't panic. They can't panic, and they didn't. And they had every opportunity to last night. They will be able to. Like I just cannot imagine. And if the Bills didn't do it, I'm not sure who's going to do it. I can't imagine there's a team that's going to be able to get out to a big enough lead early enough for the Chiefs to have to change what it is that they're trying to do. Because it's going to take a lot. Even get it, I mean, we've seen it, and, and again, we've had this play out for them this year. Down 14 nothing early, no big deal, right? Like, until the game and the literal clock tells you you have to do something, don't do it. And that's working for them. Because eventually, their defense has proven it's going to lock the opposition down. Now, it took three quarters, kind of, for them to do that yesterday, right? And then they did. And then it just sort of allowed the Chiefs to just keep chiseling away. And what happened to Buffalo? They got a little desperate. They felt like they needed to go for it on a fake punt. Like, all these little things that happened, that's what happens when you have a lockdown defense. You make the other team feel desperate. 
And Lamar Jackson was incredible in his game, right? And I'm so happy for him that he was. But he's also played four games that you feel pretty good about if you're the Chiefs defense. What can we do, you know, to make sure? And and Houston did it for a half, right? Like Houston had him all kinds of confused for a half, and then he just lit them up in the second half. So I, I like the Chiefs' chances. I've always liked their chances, and I think this formula is a Super Bowl formula. It's different, but they, they're in now. They're all in on what they're doing, and that makes them very dangerous. I think the injuries are concerning uh, on the offensive very, line. We don't know what's going to happen very. with Joe Tooney. Uh, he's an all-pro, and, and I think he's getting an MRI today. So that could be a major loss for the AFC Championship game. And then Willie Gay. Uh, you know, who's the only other quarterback in the NFL other than Josh Allen that you're most concerned about running? It's probably yeah. Lamar. It's probably yep. Lamar Jackson, right? And so Kansas City got gashed on the ground by Josh Allen, especially in the first half, right? And they didn't have Willie Gay to spy it. If Willie Gay, that if that neck injury continues and you don't have him to be available to spy on Lamar Jackson, that could be an issue for Kansas City. So I think that that's, that's going to be one area that we pay very close attention to this week is what do things look like health-wise on the defense for Kansas City? Because... The one thing that Houston, they were unable to do is contain Lamar Jackson. And, and teams just generally aren't able to do that, right? Like, that's a big reason why Lamar has been so dynamic in the course of his career is that teams just, they have a hard time containing him because he's such a special athlete and all the different versatile things that he can do. So that's going to be, obviously, key number one for Kansas City's defense this week in the same way that it was against Buffalo. Now Kansas City survived even though they weren't able to contain Josh Allen. So that's going to be, I think, the caveat to all of this. Can you still win a football game and go to the Super Bowl if you're Kansas City if you don't contain Lamar Jackson? I, yeah. I don't know. I think you can, if you t- if you've got to, but you've got to control the clock, and you've got to have key stops and key moments. Um, let's talk about that. I don't think I, the, the Willie Gay injury, it, it's critical. But what Spagnola does schematically is going to be fascinating this week. We'll get into that as we look to Chiefs-Ravens. We'll look at some of the fallout from around the NFL. Like, I don't know what's going to happen in Buffalo. I don't know what they're going to do. We'll get into that. Um, all kinds of stuff with, you know, Divisional Weekend in the books. So we'll get to all of it, but we will begin just briefly because we'll spend a lot of time this week on it. chiefs ravens this is going like the defensive game plan for Kansas City is going to be just incredibly interesting to watch. We'll talk about that as we make our way through another AFC Championship game. Patrick Mahomes has never not played in an AFC Championship game since he's been a starting quarterback. Chew on that as we come back on Sports Daily. phone call is welcome 869-1240 sports daily on 97.5 and 1240 kfh wichita's number one sports radio all right welcome back in everybody to sports daily uh you may know this number tommy how many times do you think the Ravens ran the ball against one of the league's top run defenses in Houston in that game? Um, I don't know. I mean, it didn't seem like it was a ton. 
42 times. Okay, so it was more than I thought it was. All right. So 11 of those came from Lamar Jackson, which is probably okay. what I didn't feel like. Yeah. But 42 times Baltimore ran the ball, and that was against one of the top-run defenses this year in football. What do you think they're going to do against a defense that's already somewhat susceptible to the run and might be missing Willie Gay? They are going to run that oh, for sure. rock. And yep. so they were going to do that anyway. They're not going to let you know Snead and McDuffie beat them by beating Lamar Jackson. I, I don't know what the ch- – so that's why this gets fascinating because like – Sometimes when you go into a week, you're like, I wonder what their game plan is going to be, right? Like, e- even to even to Buffalo to some degree. Like, we thought Buffalo would probably run it, and we were like, they got to stop, you know, Josh Allen, but they still have digs, and they still have the two tight ends that are really good, and you're like, they're going to sling it a little bit. I-, I would be stunned if Baltimore throws the ball more than 25 times. I think it'll be well under that. I don't even know if it'll be 20. unless You know, of course, unless the Chiefs somehow got out to a big lead or something. I mean, if I'm Baltimore, there's really no deviation. Like, there's no guesswork in their game plan. And if I'm Kansas City and Steve Spagnuolo, like, I'm thinking the same thing. Like, we know what they're going to do. Now how do we stop it? We don't have to worry about – we can basically – and I think they can do this. Like, put McDuffie and Snead on islands, right, to stop their guys. Uh, You're going to have to obviously defend the tight ends in the pass game and those types of things. But you can sell out to stop the run. They just ran it 42 times against a team that that stopped has stopped the run well this year. They're going to run the crap out of it. So it, it's like you know what's coming. Can you stop it? That's fascinating because on the other side, it's been that way for the Chiefs for a while, and teams can't stop then. Like you know what the Chiefs are going to do. They're going to also run the ball, and they're going to funnel their passes to two guys, and teams can't stop it. So you've got this scenario where you know exactly how this game's going to play out offensively for both teams. Now which team can coach their way into figuring out and, and which players can consistently make the plays that need to be need to be made. That that's really interesting in this game. Why do you think that Buffalo had so much success running the football against Kansas City last night? I think there were a, a variety of reasons, but what do you think the biggest one was? Was well, I think Willie look, Gay, because I'm not I think sure that that, that was the number yes. one. I think no, that was definitely a factor. Was, yeah. But you know what it was for me? The Buffalo Bills won at the point of attack all night long. They Their offensive line pushed around the D line for really Kansas good. City. They were really, really good last night. And, you know, it seemed like on every first down, occasionally on second down, they were getting seven, eight, nine yards a carry. And I'm not even talking about the designed runs or the scrambles from Josh Allen. I'm just talking about James Cook and their other running backs running the football the way that they did right up the gut. The offensive line, they created big-time holes and allowed the running game to, to flourish last night. This, but What do you think is going to happen in the game this weekend with Baltimore? So right. I understand that it's a coaching thing. I understand it's a schematic thing. But it's, it ultimately just comes down to, I know we talk about it all the time, in the trenches. Who wins at the point of attack? And you've got to have a better game from the defensive line with Kansas City this weekend than what you had last night against Buffalo. It's different. I See, and I don't agree with that, and here's why. The Chiefs this year, where do you think they rank? In, it, knowing that they have one of, if not the top defense in football, where do you think they rank against the run? 
They're right in the middle. They've, they're middle of the road. No, they're twenty fifth. They're twenty fifth. They've been okay. really bad against the run all year, right? So if it, that, for example, the Texans were the second best run defense in football this year. They allowed three and a half yards per carry, right? The Chiefs have allowed four and a half yards per carry and are the seventh to worst run defense in football this year by that metric, and that's a good metric to look at for that category. I think what happens is, and as you as I you know, and I've got the list here, some really good overall defenses are good against the run. And some of the other good defense, like the Ravens are just as bad against the run as the Chiefs, for example. They both give up four and a half yards per carry. They've both been really bad run defenses that have been two of the three best defenses in football all year. It's interesting. I think it's because you can let teams run on you as long as you're not giving up big plays, right? It's almost like the sequence of a series, Right, if you're giving up four and a half yards per carry, simple math tells you you're going to give up a first down every time if they run it on first, second, and third down. That's not the reality of how that works. If you you if they you know if you can limit their big plays through the run game, and all of a sudden the sequence comes through where maybe they only go for three yards and three yards, and then they feel like they have to pass. Now you've stopped them, right? So it's the law of averages with a run defense. They they can't like. They can't do that all game long unless they know they can stop you on the other side every single time. You Otherwise, they'll be playing from behind, and that, that can't work anymore. And and I think that's what happens with the Chiefs' defense. It's, it's, not, it's not like it's been, don't break. It's not that. It's that— It kind of is. Lo- <laughs> that's kind well, of the way it, it is. was within, last within an, But within an individual drive, not necessarily like— Ben don't break in the sense of only giving up a field goal instead of a touchdown. That's a part of it. But it's like Ben don't break in each individual drive. You know, if, they, if they're if they able to pick up a couple of first downs, but all of a sudden in the sequence of downs, they have one or two bad run plays, it totally disrupts their ability to do that. And then you can't, and then you can't take advantage anymore unless you're willing to run it on third and eight, right? Or third and seven, which most teams aren't willing to do. Then it doesn't matter that you've given up a lot of yards on other particular plays. And so that's why I think you see really good defenses sometimes susceptible there, because if you can, you might give up yards on the ground, but if you're not giving up massive breakaway plays or then yards through the air, which usually are more often leading to, you know, touchdowns and scoring points, then you're, then you're okay. So Baltimore will be, fascinating this weekend and I think both teams will because I think they both want to do the same thing and they both want to attack the same way it's who is who is allowed through the flow of the game to do it and who will be forced to do the opposite now again history tells me I'm far more confident in Patrick Mahomes in a spot like this than Lamar Jackson just he's been there and he's one of the best we've ever seen do it and so that's why, again, that's why I like the Chiefs this week. Again, just when I just like get a bird's eye view, is because I think it's more likely they can stick to what they want to do than Baltimore can. Because eventually, you know, Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, even if traffic, you know, like they need Travis Kelsey to make like four plays, right? They need Rashi Rice to make like five, and then and then they can just run the ball, and that's it. Like that's all they need to do. Because I think, I don't know, I, I just think it favors what the Chiefs can do in a game 
more than it does what Baltimore can do in a game. Again, it's a, it's kind of the same thing we saw against Buffalo. As long as they're not giving up the big chunk plays, they'll be able to do what they want, and it's going to be yeah. the same way this week. I get what you're saying. My counter to that, though, is that last night the Bills had more rushing first downs than they did passing first downs. So you're talking about, you know, they get and into that's these okay. third and eighth, but they're, but the drives continue. The Bills were 50% right. converting on third down. They're the best third down conversion team in the NFL. So don't get me wrong. Baltimore's not as good as that, but they're still pretty solid in that regard. And so, yes, it was a bin don't break because the Bills were taking up big time, uh, you know, minutes off the clock, seconds and minutes, the time of possession absolutely favored Buffalo. Even that final drive for Buffalo, I just kept thinking, man, like there's a chance that Kansas City doesn't get the ball back here. You've yeah. got to have the Kansas City defense get off the field. And so Ben Don't Break is great. And yes, the defense limited what Buffalo did in the second half. But time of possession absolutely favored Buffalo. The good thing for Kansas City was outside of the ridiculous McCole Hardman fumble. They played a pretty clean game. You didn't have turnovers. Patrick Mahomes didn't throw any interceptions. You didn't have any major back-breaking penalties that happened over the course of the game. They were better in the red zone. So all those things, for the most part, that we wanted to see from Kansas City last night, we got to an extent outside of the McCall Hardman ridiculous play. Uh, things looked a, a lot cleaner McCall for Kansas Hardman City. Ridiculous plays. Yeah, good point. But things looked a lot cleaner overall for Kansas City than what we were accustomed to. You have to do that if the opponent is going to gobble up time of possession, right? You cannot give away drives. You just can't do it. And especially when you're going against a team like Baltimore in the AFC championship, you've got to repeat that clean game. And if Baltimore, if they're going to run the crap out of the ball, control the ball, control the line of scrimmage, control time of possession, that's what they want to do. And right now, from what we saw last night, that's not a strength of Kansas City's defense. Then on the other side of the ball, You've got to take care of it, and you've got to be efficient when you have the football. What I'm saying, though, is that's that's been the case all year long, and the Chiefs. It, it's it's. I don't I don't even know that I'm articulating it correctly, but teams all year have known this about the Chiefs' defense. All year we've known teams should run on the Chiefs, and they have to some degree. But the difference in converting your third downs. Right when it's third and one and you pick up three yards versus when you're converting third downs with 18, 19 yard chunk plays is the difference between punts and points. They did that too. Buffalo did that I, too last night. I know. Buffalo did it better than anybody has in a little while. Right. And and so the, the key of this game to me is Baltimore's defense will be significantly better than either Miami or Buffalo's defense because they're not banged up. That's what I'm saying. They're not banged up like those two defenses are. So that's that's the factor of this game that will be very, very different for Kansas City is now they're going up against a much better defense on their side of it. So, you know, mistakes cannot happen. You cannot have fumbles. You cannot not come away with at least a field goal when McCole Hardman fumbled into the end zone. There can't be drives like that that don't end in some sort of points, right? Even if that's a field goal, it's a totally different scenario. Yes, you'd like to have the touchdowns. Of course you want the touchdowns. Touchdowns are important, but points are more important when you envision this game where two defenses are just going to go at it like this and make it really difficult. Justin Tucker doesn't miss that field goal wide right. 
at the end of the game. If Tyler Bass doesn't miss that field goal wide right at the end of the game, who knows what happens in overtime? So the Chiefs are fortunate last night, right, that some things happen. They're fortunate that they absolutely read like a book when Buffalo wanted to go for a fake punt. They're fortunate that Tyler Bass missed a field goal. Like They're, let's fortunate, not... they're fortunate that the opening drive of the game, when Josh Allen clearly made a forward pass instead of a lateral and they, the Chiefs didn't challenge, they're fortunate that that didn't come back and bite them. Right. They're fortunate that the Chiefs had 20 seconds left on the clock in the first half. They could have tried to take a shot downfield to get into field goal range to get points on the board before halftime. Instead, they made a screen pass that did nothing. They're fortunate that that didn't come back and bite them. Ultimately, they're the most fortunate that the McCool Hardman fumble through the end zone didn't come back Correct. and cost them the game. So they're fortunate in a lot of different ways. And you have to have good fortune to win right now. I mean, you just have to. They're also, though, in that game, uh, very impressive that they overcame an injury to Willie Gay and very impressive that they overcame an injury to Edwards and Tooney and all of the things that they did at the same time. And it's impressive that MVS finally made the play that he needs to make for them. Like, That's why you're so paying it, him. It goes both ways, right? Like, you're going to have the ebbs and flows within a game like this every single time. Games don't go perfect. They certainly don't go perfect at this level and at this point of the season. Another reason I like the Chiefs a lot and have liked them is because when you know that, you know you have Mahomes. And he's the ultimate X factor. And, you know... <laughs> The Chiefs are so fortunate to have him, to be able to make plays and do the things. Good fortune, he missed two throws early that should have been touchdowns, right? And just flat missed the throws. And But, but all of that stuff is going to happen on Sunday against Baltimore. And it's going to happen to Baltimore, too. They're going to have things that are fortunate, and they're going to have things that are lucky. And so, like, all of these things happen. Both defenses are great. You cannot make the mistakes. You know, mistake-free football is an absolute necessity in this game. Again, it was got, more mistake-free last night than what we. I know. I, I, I that was a good. Right? They had. Like, they, they like at least if like we're a talking glass about full. mistakes. They they really made one that you're just at this an absolute unforgivable mistake, and that yep. was the fumble into the end zone. Every person on the planet who watches football knows that you do not stretch the ball right now while that stupid rule exists. And right now, that stupid rule exists. It needs to change. I think it will. But it's there. We all know it's there. It is not fourth and goal with the game on the line. You do not stretch the ball like that. It's first and goal. Like, take your loss. Move on. Everybody knows that. That <laughs> you know is an ironic? absolute mistake that cannot happen. The only one this, in the game that's unforgivable was that mistake. This is what's ironic with the play with McCall Hardman. I thought about this last night. I was really, really critical of him last week against Miami because he wasn't finishing routes. He wasn't finishing plays. He would kind of pull up a little bit in the middle of his route. And I'm yeah. like, oh, come on, McCool, like finish, finish the play for once. And he tried to finish a play last night and that cost him. So it's like, no, 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 don't finish the play. So it's like, it doesn't matter what he does. He's a liability in the same That's way that Kadarius Tony is a liability in the same way that Sky Moore has become a liability. They've got a lot of liabilities 
And I don't care what you got to do. I don't care if you become the most predictable offense in the country. Run the ball with Pacheco. Get the ball to Travis Kelsey. Get the ball to Rasheed Rice. Nothing else. You don't need to do anything else. You don't need to be cute in your play calling because you know it, it didn't ultimately break the back of Kansas City last night, but it was very close to. And you won't have that kind of margin against the Baltimore Ravens this weekend. Right. I, I'm telling you, like their one mistake, absolute mistake, right? That's not just like ah, that could have gone better. Was yeah. that play? It was that play call. And it was that play execution. That is the mistake they cannot because make that's the in thing the that gets one. lost in the shuffle with this is that yeah the play it's the 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 effort from Hardman and what he did that was terrible. The play call was awful. I don't know that's if that old. came from Andy Reid or Matt Nagy that's, or both of them. That was awful. That is deviating from the formula. Is what that is. That is not that. And, and it's like it's i want to give again i want to give them and the coaches so much credit for changing fundamentally what they do and what they believe in but little glimpses like that cannot happen and it'll be even more magnified against baltimore right look if you're up 14 17 points and you want to try that kind of cute crap to put the nail in the coffin fine but in key moments you can't afford to take those risks. This is not the Mahomes teams of years past. You cannot put your defense in bad positions. You just you take the points, stick to the plan. No matter what, take the points and stick to the plan, and it will work for them. Let's come back. Let's talk about the rest of uh, briefly here. We'll, we'll get a quick bird's eye of the other games from the divisional round weekend. We've got our KU insider, Shreyas Lada, coming at the top of the hour. On the way out here, let's give away some HTO uh, finally warming up a little bit. Won't feel terribly warm, but maybe a good opportunity for some iced tea. Uh, we'll get you a chance to get a free iced tea and a free brew house, which is all the hot drinks, coffee, espresso, tea, whatever, uh, from HTO. Those are good. Both cards. Get you one of each. Jad will give us a winner right now. We'll go to the break on the KFH Hotline 869-1240. It's Albrockton Caster Sports Daily coming right back. This is Sports Daily on KFH. All right, just getting word there. Shreyas Lada will not be uh, with us today at a conflict there, so that's all right. We'll still uh, get you a look ahead to KU um, as we get into our next hour. Let's look at the rest of these NFL playoff games, Tommy. Uh, we talked about Baltimore, what they did against Houston. Just an unreal, unpredictable, at least as far as expectations, what Houston has done. Uh, the Niners, man, I'm telling you, if they have any adversity, they just are a totally different team. And they faced a little bit without Debo, and they almost lost that game to the Packers at home. If Debo doesn't play, I, I think I'm taking the Lions. Like, they they're just... I, I, I've never seen anything like it, like how top-heavy, like when they're there, they're the best. And when they're not, it, it's not even close to that. So we'll see about that. That's that's going to be really interesting to watch play out. But they do get it done against Green Bay. And then you've got the Lions, who, man, I wish they could play every game at home now, right? They just stick to it. I don't know if their defense is going to be good enough to allow them to do what they need to do. 
right? They defend the run well, but they're going to need to do more than that against a team like the 49ers. But good for Jared Goff. They're so versatile in what they do. Dan Campbell's the man. They got a shot here, and you and I have not been as high on them. I think their path has been filled with good fortune, right, and who they've been able to play up to this point. But here we go. Now they've got this chance to do it, and it's been awesome to see that play out. I lo- and this is it's kind of back to the Bills. Like You love to see these fan bases who get have been just getting crushed and crushed and crushed finally get there, and I, I'm heartbroken for Bills fans today. But at least for Lions fans, they're getting the first experience of their lifetimes for most of them this playoff run. And, yeah, I think it can continue. I absolutely think they can go win a Super Bowl, right? They're, they're, I think they can win any individual game that they play in. And that's that's really cool. Well, I think on top of that, who would you rather have, Jared Goff or Brock Purdy? And, and really, honestly, uh, I think Jared Goff right now because people question. tend to forget that Jared Goff has been here before. Jared Goff has played in a Super Bowl before. People tend to forget that, right? And so yeah. he's got I mean, that Brock experience. Purdy was fine. In that he game. was okay. He wasn't anything spectacular. I mean, he had a passing percentage completion rate of under 60%. That wasn't great. I mean, when he doesn't have Debo Samuel, obviously things are not. He doesn't have that number one weapon to get the ball to. So I think right now, knowing that I've got Amon Ross St. Brown and Jamison Williams and, you know, the, and Sam Laporta, these other weapons that Detroit has, I think I'm taking Jared Goff with his experience playing in an NFC championship game, playing in a Super Bowl before. I playing outdoors on the road, though. That's that's the thing. He's he's notoriously great indoors and not as much outdoor. That's where I, I don't know. It's close. I don't know that I agree, but but it doesn't like the point is for to me that the Niners aren't at full strength. And when they haven't been at full strength this year, man, it's like it's a totally different team out there. That, I, that game's fast. Both of these games, these should be really good. I'm yeah. excited about champ- – and championship weekend almost always is really good, right? It's 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 incredible typically, uh, but we'll get I don't like the I don't like that Chiefs-Ravens is the early game. Those I wish that it was the late game. I know. I don't like that it's the early game, though. I wish that I it actually, was the I actually you know? do like that it's the early game because it's easier to not get distracted with everything I got to do at night with my kids. Uh, right, a two o'clock kickoff sounds pretty dang good. After that game last night was long, man. That was as long an NFL game in regulation as I can ever remember. Congratulations to Tyler for winning some HTO iced tea and brew house coffee. Uh, we will make our way into hour number two. We'll talk a little bit of college hoops, uh, some more NFL. What is the fallout in Buffalo? Like, what do you do if you're Buffalo? I don't know what the answer to that is. Eight six nine twelve forty. KFH Hotline will be wide open the rest of the way. We'll be back with more Sports Daily right after this. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Kester. This is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and 1240 KFH. All right, welcome back in, everybody, to 
Sports Daily, hour number two. So we'll shift a little bit. No Shreya Slotas today. Uh, Slotta today. We will talk a little more football, and then we'll get into college basketball a little bit. KU uh, off another disappointing loss gets Cincinnati tonight. Wichita State still winless in conference play. We'll hit on both of those a little bit later. K-State did get the win that they were supposed to get. A little cozier than probably we'd have liked to see, but they get the win. Uh, But let's continue to talk NFL a little bit, Tommy. So now that we have this round in the books, I think the fallout would be most aimed at the Bills, potentially. I thought the Bills had a great plan. Everything but the fake punt. I, I, I thought that the Bills did a really nice job last night. I thought McDermott did a good job. I thought their scheme was great. I thought their plan was great. It was a great game. The fake punt's the only thing that felt out of place. I, I, I take issue with the fact that the Chiefs obviously knew it was coming, right? There was no surprise to it. But other than that, and, and it really it just becomes a question of was the risk necessary at that point, I think, as much as anything. But that's a part of a fake punt, right? You kind of have to do it when nobody's expecting it, except the Chiefs totally expected it. It was weird. I, I thought the Bills did great. I thought Josh Allen was great. I think if you look at the the reality of the situation, which I know is really hard to do, especially when the Bills have been in this spot so many times, is that they had way too many injuries to overcome in this game against the Chiefs. That's the reality of last night. When you're missing Gabe Davis, when you're missing, I think, three linebackers and two defensive linemen or whatever it was, when Khalil Shakir, who'd been good, goes down and maybe miss it. Like, when all of those things pile up against you and the Chiefs come in and beat you on the road, that shouldn't be anything that jars you. But you have to consider the history of the franchise. You have to consider the parallels to what we've seen from the franchise in years past. I always, I, I think the gra- you know the grass isn't always greener on the other side absolutely takes effect here. I don't think any massive change would be very smart for Buffalo, other than changing the roster to some degree in the offseason. But I'm afraid they may do something drastic here. And and I just, because I want the Bills to have success. And I know that ultimately will come at, you know, the expense of the Chiefs at some point. Josh Allen's too good to, at some point, not get it done. Like, he is so good. So I don't know. But what do you do if you're Buffalo? Yeah, one of the major talking points after the game was that all coaches in the NFL that have won a Super Bowl that are active right now all won their championship between years two and year seven with their franchises. This was year number seven for Sean McDermott in Buffalo. And so the thought process is that window is closing for Sean McDermott or totally closed. Uh, Is he going to be the coach who can get them over the hump? And that's a really difficult question to answer because of how talented Josh Allen is. I think that as long as you have Josh Allen on your team, you always have a chance to go and compete for a Super Bowl. The problem is the defense is getting older. They were injured a lot this season. But even without their injuries, they're a pretty experienced defense. And and that's saying it nicely. They're kind of old, right? And so I think that if you start to try to rebuild that roster, try to get a little bit younger, at that point, does that take you further away from your goal? What does that look like? I think one of the big questions that the Bills organization and the fan base, all of those people who are calling for change and wanting to move away from Sean McDermott, that they need to remember is what this team looked like before Sean McDermott came to town. 
right? I mean, remember Rex Ryan was the coach for a couple of years. Yeah. They were they were not good. Like they've cycled through some coaches that things had not been good for them. It wasn't until the pairing of McDermott and Allen that we started to see them perennially compete for a championship. They haven't gotten over the hump, but they've at least been in the hunt basically every single time. Well, and remember too, they made their change at offensive coordinator, right? And it worked. Yeah. They got much better. So yeah. I, I just when I look at these and it's easier for us because we're not right there and you know the Bills Mafia. Did Sean McDermott cost the Bills the game last night? Or did injuries and a missed field goal cost the Bills the game last night? Well, I think night? Patrick Mahomes cost the Bills the game last night. You know what I right? mean? That's, and, and, and that's, even, that's the real that's question not, because but that's the number not a of forgivable times, excuse. That that's probably the excuse that would lead you to think, okay, then you've got to make the change and find who can beat Mahomes. You remember but when I, Kansas City was building up this dynasty and it seemed like every time they were building it up, they got in the path of the Patriots and the Patriots just knocked them aside. That's kind of the way that it is on the other side with the Bills and the Chiefs now. And that, I mean, that just, that makes it that much but, more difficult. And I know that it, it doesn't matter because Bills fans aren't really listening to us, maybe one-offs, but I, look, the, the, that was game seven. The Bills have beaten the Chiefs three yeah. out of six times, right? It hasn't happened in the postseason, and I know that yeah. matters. That's the but issue. That when it's actually well, happening, it's not happening in the postseason. I think it's I think it's the issue, but I think it's the I think it's the false issue, right? I think there's I think there's fallacy to those things sometimes. Again, the Bills don't miss that field goal. That game might be going to overtime. Like there are, you know, there are other things that cost them that don't have anything to do with Sean McDermott, right? He didn't he didn't kick the field goal. He didn't miss the field goal. He didn't, you know, the, the whatever. He the, he the the punt was bad, and otherwise they were fine. And they've he has beaten the Chiefs almost half the time that they've played, and they play twice a year every year. That's what's so crazy about it. now. The timing of it has been very unfortunate. I just you've got to be careful what you wish for now. The other side of that argument, right, is that Philadelphia made that sort of difficult decision with Andy Reid, and eventually they won a Super Bowl. Now, it was it's not apples to apples, right? If, if Buffalo gets rid of McDermott and wins a Super Bowl, what, six years later? I don't think it's going to be directly correlated or anything like that. It's just like I get that – I get – when you get to the point of like you just have to make a change because time has run its course. But I don't think that's the case this year for this team. And I think the danger is on the other side. As great as Josh Allen is, they still have to go through a rebuild on the roster. So if you're going to have to go through the rebuild and you want to bring in a new coach, that that could go sideways on you real quick. Right, you're you're far better off going through the rebuild with the consistency. To in my opinion, at coach, like they got to move on from Steph Diggs. Everyone was worried Steph Diggs would leave them. I think it's time for them to move on from Steph Diggs, and I think they're going to need a major overhaul. You got to catch it, those balls, by the way, when they're thrown to you. Those were I know something is up there perfectly. That that guy uh, is a deep thinker. We'll put it that way, and something's up with with it has been all year. He has just not been the same player. And he's older. That could have everything to do with it. But they're going to have to. Ch- they're going to have to make a lot of changes. They'll probably. It'll be. They got a lot of free agents of, going into this year. It'll be, and they and they probably need a lot of free agents. They probably need to shake it up that way yep. because they're going to have to go through this year what the Chiefs did two years ago, 
or was it three years ago, and and really redefine and infuse the roster with some young talent. And and le- just while you're doing it, lean on probably Josh Allen and Dalton Kincaid, honestly, and then just cycle some other stuff through there. There will never be a better offseason to be a free agent wide receiver. Okay? Let me just tell you that right now because there are two landing spots that really need somebody. Like, if you're a free agent wide receiver, I don't know that you've ever had the sort of opportunity that you'll have this offseason because there's a real good chance you could go land with Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen. Both of these teams need wide receivers and will be pretty desperate for it. I am salivating if I'm a good receiver on the market this offseason because you got a chance to go play with either one of those guys. I, they, they have to do that. I don't think I think making a change at coach is is the wrong decision, and I really think while they're having to rebuild, if they do that, it could it could hurt them badly. I think that Sean McDermott deserves a lot of credit for getting this team from six and six to the hottest team in the NFL yeah. entering the playoffs. I think that that's on Sean McDermott for rallying the team and, and making that happen. Uh, but I do, and I know hindsight is twenty twenty, but I do want to go back. You talked about how Sean missed the field goal okay but Sean McDermott made the decision to put Tyler Bass out there and again hindsight is twenty twenty. but in my mind that should have been four down territory for Buffalo oh no they should have no they should Tyler Bass was one of three kicking field goals in the previous week's game against the Steelers at home something's up with him he, he did not kick well the week before well, it was a hard we it knew, was a hard game well, to kick but I mean, we, it was windy, we knew but yeah we knew how windy it was the in the game last night it wasn't a chip shot field goal Right. And he had had issues and he had been kicking right the entire game. And you've if, if you end up making that field goal, if Bass converts that it's a tie game with a half left and Patrick Mahomes gets the football. We that's happened so many different times against the Buffalo Bills. Go for the win. Call plays where you can get into four down territory and you can convert, get into the end zone and then force Kansas City to have to go down there and actually score to win the game. I I feel like that would have been a better way to approach that if I'm Sean McDermott. So I don't blame him for the loss, but I do think that in that moment, I probably would have called it differently. So uh, just just a quick check on Tyler Bass. And I thought Feely was good about like Tyler before the Pittsburgh game. Tyler Bass great. didn't. He didn't yeah, he miss. Was great. A, he didn't miss any kick. Any kick. I had him on my o- fantasy team. He was great since October, though. Yeah. Right. So in a game against Pittsburgh, which was a weather game, by the way, like a brutally nasty, awful weather game, the fact that the guy who hasn't missed any kick since October missed a long one, like I, you know, Two. like I know he missed he a short one, one and a long one, but but. In that game, when he hadn't missed any other kick since October, and by the way, earlier in the game against the Chiefs, he made a field goal, right? So I, I totally get having your confidence in your kicker. Like, that, I, that doesn't bother me at all. But wouldn't the you only, rather hand the ball back to Patrick Mahomes with a minute, some to go that's with the, the lead? That's the part As opposed of it. to a tie? Well, that's the part. So, like, it's not, to me, it's not the confidence in the kicker. You put your team in a position to do the thing that you've done all year. Now, if you want to make the case that there's a strategic element to not allowing Mahomes to have the ball back and going for it for that reason, I can get more on board with that, but that is so far from a slam dunk coaching decision. Like, that is probably less than a coin flip at best. How many times? That's a, how that's many, a how high times, risk. How many times have these two teams played and Patrick Mahomes has ripped the heart out 
of the Bills organization. Well, I remember the one. I don't know other than right. that. They Was had more the opportunity. I, it's happened a couple times. I, they had the chance to be able to have a lead with you know a few minutes left, and they would have went up by four had they gotten into the end zone. You would have forced Kansas City probably to use timeouts, get the ball back, have to get into the end zone with no timeouts left, and a minute or so to go. Now, we've seen Kansas City in that you know AFC championship, or the divisional round, 13 seconds. That's all it took for a field goal, Kansas City, to force overtime. But if you have a four-point lead, you got to get into the end zone. It makes it that much more difficult. I'm just saying hindsight is 20-20, but I would have set that up a little bit differently if I was Buffalo to try to make sure that you've got a lead and then force Kansas City to get into the end zone to then win the game as opposed well, to clock settling, for, field goal. settling for a field goal to tie and then you're kind of just conceding that at that point you're going to play for overtime. That's not the kind of coaching decision, though. Like, that, again, that's there is absolutely nothing wrong with running your field goal kicker out there on that. That's not one where you're like, I can't believe they didn't go for it there, right? McDermott doesn't have very many of those. Like, he's not Mike McCarthy. The Bills don't show up for a big game and get destroyed, right? Like, like McCarthy. When you're talking about, like, egregious coaching things— I don't think McDermott ever does that. Like, he doesn't ever have his team unprepared, those kinds of things. I, I don't know. I wouldn't make the change. I think it's a mistake. If they were established on their roster, right, if they were this roster that underachieved and that would basically run it back and you just had a different strategist in there, that would be one thing. But that is not what Buffalo is going to be dealing with this offseason. And I just don't know that it's very smart then to change that alongside it. Uh, but they'll have a big decision to make. We'll see. This has been one of the most interesting cycles with coaches, with you know Vrabel out and Belichick and Carroll out and Tomlin. You know the rumors swirling around him and all, like all of these guys who we've considered the best. When we talked about coaching changes that we would we would see be made, I I wouldn't have said any of these would be made, which is what's been so crazy about it. Um, and then you've got, you know, the Chiefs rumors of their own that you've seen out there that Andy Reid might be ready to hang it up, that Patrick, that Travis Kelsey might be ready to hang it up. I, I'll, if I was a betting man, uh, and I am, I would bet you that Travis Kelsey and Andy Reid are both back next year. I, I would bet that neither of them are done after this year, but we'll see. Uh, and that's a different conversation to have on a different day, but... I, By the way, and I bring it up because it, it, it both sort of those rumors have been in the news lately. Jason Kelsey lived his best life last night oh at the game. God, how cool animal. would it be? And I don't think it's going to happen, but how cool would spirit it be? Spirit animal. If the Chiefs signed him to a one year deal as just a backup, you know, somebody that, could, you know, come in, yeah, get some snaps. He, he can he play with his brother or do something that puts his retirement in question. Did I miss that? Because uh, I, I saw I, yesterday did he actually somebody ever. Uh, like officially announced. No, he was there's retiring? a report that he told his teammates. Yeah, but I, I, but I saw some of yesterday some chatter of like probably or maybe or whatever, and I'm like, did he say something? Did I miss something? But man, I, I, my wife and I, of course, she's locked into you know that aspect of the game and and everything that's happening there and uh, all of these things and you know are they expecting another baby like all that stuff. So I'm like, I, I just there was a moment in the game, and I know everybody saw it now, where they were 
doing their Taylor Swift cutaway, but hidden in the background is shirtless Jason Kelsey <laughs> slamming a beer. And it's like, see, like they, football and Taylor Swift can converge. Like we can yeah. all get along and get together because that's got something for everyone, right? And and I just like picture that to me that looks like a man that's done playing football and enjoying every minute. He hasn't been able to enjoy the Taylor Swift phenomenon and his wife and his family. Like they haven't been able to enjoy this yet, and clearly they were, and clearly he was messing around with Bills fans. Like how much? Like he's he's all of our spirit animal. He really is. You know, he's like, yeah. He he's shirtless, downing downing beers and going crazy. And you know everybody's like, well, look at Jason Kelsey. He's an icon. And then I do that, and my wife is like, "Put your shirt back on. You're embarrassing me." You know, well, it's listen, just it's you don't different take rules your for wife, different people. You don't take your wife to those moments. I have been shirtless in a stadium, slamming beers, uh, and it's an incredible experience. Like it's something we should all experience. Would my wife have been particularly uh, thrilled had she been next to me? Absolutely not. But guess what? She wasn't next to me. You know, like. Well, you know, don't if you if you can't take the behavior, uh, you got to just like this is what it is. And so, you know, maybe you get to a game and she's not there and bye bye shirt. See you later. Let's let's rip it. But not like that. I mean, that that takes a next level enjoyment of a football. But don't you just like he's just there to watch his brother like he gets to be a fan. He gets to get caught up in the Taylor Swift mania, like all of it, the party, like the whole thing. What a great, like, first leg of retirement to take, if that's the case. Even if it's not retirement, who cares? But the, the retirement plans of the Kelseys will be studied for years because they're, they're, they seem to be flawless, right? Like, this, this plan of retirement that they're on, whatever it is, we're all jealous. You can say what you want about all of it. If it makes you angry, you're probably just jealous. Uh, if you're enjoying it, you're jealous for sure, uh, because that's where I fall. But man, I love it. That was that was the most fun part of the game last night. There's no question about that. And these two are going to be stars when they both eventually are done. Whatever that looks like, they are going to be stars, just like the Mannings are. Uh, and we'll see. What a fun what a fun game. That game was incredible. It always is. Just never doesn't deliver for us. I'm heartbroken for Bills fans today. But Chiefs, Chiefs Kingdom, keep on riding it. I think their chances at a Super Bowl are great. They're three-and-a-half-point favorite uh, dogs, I should say. Three-and-a-half-point dogs to the Ravens. All right, we'll come back. Let's talk some college hoops. KU plays tonight. Wichita State played yesterday. Uh, K-State got their win over the weekend. A lot to get through. We'll continue on Sports Daily. All right, welcome back in, everybody. I just sent Tommy a clip as he said, you know, if I took my shirt off and slammed beers, my wife would tell me to put my shirt back on. Apparently, Jason Kelsey's wife said the same thing. There's a funny clip of as he jumps out. I, I'm guessing it's maybe a security guard was like, hey, uh, your wife said, get your get your butt back in here, basically, <laughs> uh, which is, you know, that's how we that's how we all live our lives. You know, we, we misbehave until we're told not to. Uh, that was fun. Sometimes was fun. we need right. to be checked a little bit. I mean, I'll be honest about that. I need, oh. I need checked occasionally. I, I, I think about this all the time. As annoyed as I get when maybe I'm getting nagged or whatever, 
if if my wife wasn't my wife, I don't know what what would be of my life right now. Like those checks that annoy me were absolutely necessary at the time of my life when they came. Like they were a very good thing for me. And we'll go back to complaining about it, but let's be real with ourselves. Yeah, we need those those checks in place or we're just a bunch of bumbling idiots. That's that's there's no doubt about that. All right, KU uh Tommy this weekend. Look, man, I told you they needed to beat West Virginia by a big number. You got you, they don't even, they don't even beat them. Like, and I I don't care if it's in Morgantown. Like, if KU is going to be a national championship team, they go on the road and beat the bad teams in the Big Twelve. If can't do that, like I don't, and I and and, and what my problem is with it now. Are they going to get there? Like I keep just thinking, like, oh yeah, they'll get there. But now I'm like, I don't know if they're going to get there. I don't, I don't know, and I can't figure out why. Why? I told you on Friday, Morgantown is an incredibly difficult. I know place it's to in play. a difficult place to, but but I don't a difficult care. place to play. I, I I get it. It's it's a difficult place to play. But West Virginia's lost games there this year, all year. Bob Huggins isn't there. The roster's not very good. Right, K-State went there and beat them by, what, 14, 15 points? But K-State was down, uh, you know, like multiple possessions towards the end of the game. They pulled away at the end. But, can't, I mean, it was the, the game was a lot closer with Kansas State than what the final score would indicate. Morgantown is a tough place to play. I don't care who the coach is of the team. That is a, a tough location to play. Now, on top of that, West Virginia shot the lights out of the basketball and it was a back and forth Kansas shot the ball pretty well too nobody could stop the other team it just didn't matter and at one point I thought man we're gonna have a game where both teams are up in the 100s like it was a very high scoring game not a whole lot of defense West Virginia shot incredibly well from three um man you know just not a not a defensive clinic let me just say that I listen I don't want any excuses though West Virginia is 7-5 and five at home this year. They have losses to St. John's, to Pittsburgh, to Radford, 15 to K-State, right? They lost a game to Monmouth. I, I, I don't want to hear that that place is, like, that's an excuse that doesn't need to be there for Kansas. I don't care that Morgantown historically has been a tough place to play. It hasn't been that tough this it's year. It's a bad loss. I'm not I'm not debating that. It's a bad loss for Kansas. But it, it's a loss that I, I wasn't totally sure going into the game that they would dominate. I mean, I thought that they would probably win the game. But, I mean, you're talking on Friday about, oh, they, they need to go in there and they cover the to. number and beat them by they a big do. margin and all this. I never thought that was going to happen even if they did win the game because Kansas I, doesn't cover spreads this season. That's not predictive do as much as it's what they need to do. If this team's going to be that team, you do need to be able to go do that. The problem is they're not. And so then it's now a question of will they? And I think the longer we get into this and see this rinse, wash, repeat thing, it's like, man, I don't know if they're going to be able to do it. Into the conference season, and this conference is ridiculous. It's ridiculous, right? From top to bottom, well, not top to all the way bottom, but top to, I don't know, the top 11 teams in the conference, they're all, I think you can make a case for any one of them 
to win the conference. Uh, they have, what, eight teams in the top 25 right now? That's going to change, I think, when it comes out today. But it is an incredibly difficult conference, and it always is. And it's a bloodbath, and you've got teams beating up on each other. That never changes. And it doesn't matter if you are West Virginia. Oklahoma State is the worst team in the conference, and they almost beat Kansas State on Saturday, right? Like, it, it is that's just what the Big 12 does. Am I making excuses for Kansas? No, that's a bad loss. When you look at Bill's self-coached teams taking on opponents where they are like really, really low in the net, you've got the 2013 game against TCU, and that's the famous game when Bill Self said that they couldn't beat the Topeka YMCA, and then you've got the game on Saturday against West Virginia. I, I mean, it's a bad loss. It is 100% a bad loss, one that you cannot have against a team that is, you know, they're mediocre at best, okay? I totally understand that, but I am not expecting any team in the Big 12 to just run their way through the conference. That's not the way this conference is set no, up. No, I'm not, I'm not looking for perspective on how good the Big 12 is. I know that. What I'm trying to understand about KU... Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Because the expectation is that this should be a team that goes to a Final Four, right? Wins a national. That That's the problem I'm having with it. I know that the Big 12 is tough. I know that anybody can beat anybody on any given day. My problem is we keep seeing the same thing with KU. And it'd be one thing if that was a one-off loss. It's not, though a one-off performance like that. We've seen it several times this year. And they may very well win the Big 12. But the, but the point I'm trying to make is our expectation is higher than that, or at least it was going into the year. For this roster, returning 60% of your starting lineup and adding Hunter Dickens into that? Let's go to the phone lines on the hotline now. Dave wants to talk some KU. What's up, Dave? Welcome into Sports Daily. Uh, thank you. Well, I called last week and said it was time to trash the talk in the national championship, and I certainly believe that now. I think yeah. the goal is maybe to get in the top four of the league. And I looked up, there's six road games left, and if you guys want to look at it, and if you can tell me 
one of those road games that you really feel confident that KU can win because I don't. Well, I look, it's not the sky's not falling. It's it's really all about perspective. So they go on the road to Iowa State, they go on the road to Kansas State, Texas Tech, Oklahoma, Baylor, and Houston left. They're not going to lose all those games. I it, it just becomes like what is what is the expectation that you have KU's 15 and 3. They're going to be a top 10 team this year. It's just the things that are are biting them. Are, are they going to be good enough to overcome them? They're not going to become a good three-point shooting team, and I don't think they should just try to all of a sudden do that. It's can they do whatever else it is that they, they can do better than what they've done? I, I don't know. The it, You know, you cannot give up 91 points to West Virginia. You just can't do that. I mean, that's the bigger issue to me is how they're playing defense. This should be the best defensive team in the country. I, I, like, for real, when you've got K.J. Adams and Hunter Dickinson and Kevin McCuller and Dewan Harris, like, those are some of the best players in the country individually, defensively. That's not an assumption. They've been that at other points of their career. So why aren't they collectively that now? That's what I'm not, like, I, it's just not processing for me. Like, I cannot figure out why this isn't working better. West Virginia, by the way, shot 57% from three. And in the first half, it was like they couldn't miss from long distance. And and that happens a lot. Uh, for some reason, I don't know if just the Jayhawks are not great at playing three-point defense. I don't exactly know, you know what that looks like. But I do know that there were some shots, especially in the first half, that West Virginia made that I just thought, what more can you do there? There's just not a whole lot more you can do. And again, I'm not making excuses. What I'm saying is that sometimes teams get hot. We saw that, we're going to talk about Wichita State in a little bit, we saw that happen with Wichita State when they played Memphis, right? Memphis just couldn't miss. There was just, the, the every shot was going in for the opponent. That happens sometimes. Now, do they need to be playing better defense 100%? They absolutely do. And, and that is something that's got to be a focus. They've got to not turn the ball over as much as they have been. They've got to make sure that they are getting rebounds. They were out-rebounded by West Virginia by nine. I don't know exactly what's going on with Hunter Dickinson, but he didn't rebound the basketball like we're accustomed to seeing him rebound. I think he finished with, what, five rebounds in the game? That's not a typical Hunter Dickinson rebounding game. So there are clearly some issues there. You know, they, it's a quick turnaround. They play Cincinnati tonight. Uh they, they've got to figure this out quickly because I do agree with you that if things don't happen soon, yeah, I mean, like, we're, we're not, the sky's not falling, but the expectation level, we've got to, you've got to get this figured out. Now, it's falling. That expectation it's level falling. is and falling. And that's, I, I don't want people to misunderstand. I, I don't like to go to hyperbole. It, it goes back to the Chiefs. Like, I'm not, I, I don't want to, like, sound like it's panicking. It's just, I still expect, and if I had to make my pick, KU's winning the Big 12 this year. KU has three losses. Two of them are Marquette and then a couple of road games. Like, that's that's not fundamentally, like, what has me so concerned. What has me so concerned is they're not seeming to... Um, I don't know if it's gel. I don't know what it is, and that's why I'm having such a hard time with it. Something isn't there yet. And it's it's not just that they don't have a great fifth player. Like, that. that's obvious. Everybody knows that. But you don't always have to have a great fifth player. They've got four of their five players who are borderline All-Americans, right? Like, that's what's not making sense to me is they should be 
beating people badly because this roster felt like it had the potential to be that kind of team. They're not that kind of team. And I just don't know what's going to change that gets them to that level other than teams just don't score more than about 65 points against them ever, right? Like that and and so I don't I don't know. It's just it's I mean very I think that there is bizarre. I think that there is an argument that can be made that while the result in Morgantown on Saturday was obviously not good and that's a team that they should have beat. I think you can almost look at that as an outlier, right? It's kind of an anomaly. They don't give up that number of points typically, especially in league play. Um, there's always, it seems like, a game or two in league play with Bill Self teams where every year they lay an egg and you're like, wow, oh, that wasn't good. But they've, you know? they've played five conference games, Tommy, and they've lost two now yeah. that, that don't jive with what sure. we know about this team. Right, like losing road Big Twelve games, fine. Losing them to those two teams when you've only played a couple, that's. But weird. you back you back it up. You back it up with the conference win against TCU, sure. and TCU looks great. It. You yep. back it up and with the top with 10 a bad team in call at the with a bad call at the well, end of the game, and maybe they shouldn't have beat well, TCU. You know, you know what I mean? Win, it's just they're you, they're you not decisively doing what they beat need Oklahoma. And Oklahoma yep. is a top 15 team nationally. Like, you can take the good with the bad. You can't cherry pick just the I'm not road losses. Picking. I'm not cherry picking. I'm saying that the bad is bad enough to lower what we thought this team could be. Again, I still think they're going to win the Big 12. I, I think that they're – but I don't know if I think what has been bad is getting better. And if it doesn't, is that going to be a fatal flaw in the tournament? Yeah, because what's going to happen in the tournament? You're probably going to play a team that shoots it well in some game. What do you do in response to that? Because it's not going to be that KU shoots well from outside. That's not going to be what they do this year. And I think that's okay that it's not what they do this year. But only if they lock people down. You're going to have to figure out a way to win a game where somebody shoots well. And, and against UCF, that wasn't a game where UCF shot well. I mean, you know what I mean? It was 65 to 60. Yeah. So I, I don't – I just can't figure out how this keeps happening. And we've been talking about this forever. Don't ever bet KU to cover on the road. They just won't do it. You know that's what the longest – That's weird. You know what the longest current winning streak in the Big 12 is right now? Oh, God. Uh, two? Two. Two yeah. games. It, that's it's just the way this this conference is. But Houston not when it's UCF is three and, and two Virginia. in the conference. But I not when it's it, UCF and West Virginia. But what I'm saying is that Virginia. teams beat up on teams every do. single week in this conference. Every year that happens, but not at the bottom. Not twice in a row at the bottom. That's weird, right? The two two of the worst th two of the three worst teams in the league, right? And what did Kansas do against Oklahoma State, who is the worst team in the conference? Beat them by what? 30, what they should right? have done. You're right. Yeah. Right, what exactly. they should be doing. You know? Yes. So it's not. I agree. It's, uh, it's weird to have losses to West Virginia and UCF in a Big on 12 the road, season. On the road. Does anywhere. I, anywhere. Okay. How many losses does Kansas traditionally have in the Big 12? Watch it. Watch it when, you know, and I don't know exactly the schedule because I know it's not balanced, but does UCF or West Virginia come to Allen Fieldhouse um, this season? If they do, I mean, w watch what happens in that game. In those games at home, no, um, they don't get no, either one of them. They don't play either one of them. So, it, yeah. I mean, it might be a little bit different if they were if they, they were don't. In, but, in but Tommy, like, how many how many Big Twelve games does KU typically lose in a year? Anywhere from what, like two to four, maybe five. 
They've already had yeah. two of them against two of the worst teams in the league. That's not normal. I know the Big 12 is always tough, and I know it's always tough to win on the road. But if KU typically, when they're at the top, loses between two and five, they've already lost two to the two worst teams. Two of the worst, two of the three worst teams. That's what's weird. So what happens now? Like, and, and so, okay, KU now, and to the caller's point there, Dave, like what happens when they go on the road and play a good team in the Big 12? Are they going to lose all their road games? No, I don't think that's going to happen, but like that's yeah. the kind of stuff that has I get me. It. It's concerning. Uh, I'm, yeah. I'll give you that. It is concerning. But I do, listen, again, I think they're going to win I don't the Big think 12. Like, I, don't, I don't think it's Chicken Little. I don't think that it's, you know, no, the no, sky's no. falling. I don't I just, I, I, You know, I think it's, you look at the the number of points they gave up against West Virginia. I'm willing to write as an anomaly, willing to write that off as, hey, it's an outlier. That doesn't typically happen. With this team, you know, I, I think that the level of competition, yeah, it's concerning, but I'm not willing to say the sky is falling. I know they haven't lost all their road games. They've lost two, obviously. They haven't played well on the road all year, though, which is, again, that's weird. It doesn't make sense. And it's all expectation-based. We're talking about KU as a national championship KU, right? Not that they're not awesome. I mean, they went on the road to Indiana. Year. They won by four at Indiana earlier this year. I know. Right? How good is I mean, Indiana, though? Like, Indiana's not been... I don't think they. It was a neutral amazing. court, but they weren't at home when they beat Kentucky by five in the Champions Classic. They like yeah. the, the, you can true roads. Let's, let's the true road. Okay. They haven't played very many. I I I I don't know what it is for me because I am so, I was so high on them coming into the year, and they're just not filling me with confidence at the moment. Maybe that's all it is. I don't I don't know. Uh, but they get a great chance to bounce right back. Uh, they come to Allen Fieldhouse tonight against Cincinnati. Um, it's a late game. It's the 8 o'clock tip. Get it done. Just get it done, KU. I, I, we'll see. Rick says there are two bad calls at the end of West Virginia. I don't care. Don't go, don't, don't go put yourself in a situation again. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Tacovis is a terrific boot brand, and they're bringing a fresh perspective to heritage boot making. So they've carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots. But they've innovated on comfort, style, and service. 
As someone who tries to pursue a minimalist lifestyle, I highly value quality over quantity. And I'm telling you, you can't find a higher quality boot than Tecovas. Their Western boots for men and women are handmade. Handmade from the most premium leathers with over 200 time-honored individual steps. Also, did I mention that they are Austin-designed, Texas-tested, and handmade down in the boot-making capital of the world, Leon, Mexico? And also, if you've ever wondered if you can pull off cowboy boots, which is something that I was thinking, you should pull on a pair of Tacovas and you'll see. Just do a quick search for Tacovas on social media and you'll see how adorably styled these boots can be. Visit tacovas.com, that's T E C O V A S.com, and point your toes west. It's that team in that spot. Again, this is all expectation based. If we were talking about, I don't know, Texas Tech. We're not having the same conversation. KU's expected to win a national championship this year. So it's all based on that. They're going to be awesome. They're going to do well. But I just, like, what's happening right now shouldn't be happening this late in the season. Get it get it together, KU. Let's talk about the Shockers when we come back. Yikes. We'll be back more Sports Daily right after this. All right, welcome back in, everybody. Sports Daily here on KFH. Take a ball, Brock, Tommy Caster. If you missed any of the conversation, you can go back and listen on the Odyssey app. The Shocker Coaches shows live for free right here on KFH and on the Odyssey app. Tune into KFH tonight for the Terry Nooner Show at 6, followed by Paul Mills at 7, or simply download the Odyssey app and search for KFH. Uh, they'll have a lot to talk about. Shocker women's basketball not playing well right now. Shocker men's basketball still winless in the American and again, I don't want excuses for anything ever. The Shockers have played five games in the conference. Uh, Florida Atlantic's five and one right now. South Florida is now four and one. North Texas four and one. Memphis four and two. The Temple loss is the only true bad loss. If you're thinking Wichita State needs to finish right eighth, which is where they were p- picked in the league, I-, I think my expectation for them was just too high, Tommy. I just don't. I, I think that. You know, there was something to that prediction, and and we probably need to refocus a little bit and say, what is it that we need to see out of this team? They certainly don't look like a top-half team right now. So can they be the best of the bottom half? Like, I don't know. Yeah, it's a game they should have had yesterday. Another halftime lead for Wichita State, let it get away in the second half. Um, It's, you know, same song, different verse. It's what has happened throughout conference play. Uh, They play well, they take a lead into halftime, and then they kind of fall apart. Too many turnovers. Um, they had double the amount of turnovers that South Florida did. And they're not shooting from long distance well at all. 10%, 2 of 19 is not going to get it done uh, in conference play. And, and, you know, honestly, if you're going to only make two of those shots, don't take 19 of them. You know, at, at that point, start to do something else. And that was a, a frustration that we had a year ago with the previous coaching staff where there just wasn't a whole lot of adjustments. That was a disappointing game. And, I, you know, I've been, uh, you know, trying to, stay as positive as possible try to think of glass half full you know type thoughts with this team that's a game they should have had and there were a couple of other ones they should have had too in the the conference season they've won one game in their last 10 it is not our job to stay positive i don't i mean you you can throw that out the window i'm saying i've been trying to find like little sparks of enthusiasm and optimism it's it's, i don't i just don't think it's I don't think it's fair to stay positive, 
right? Yeah. I hope that inside that locker room they're staying positive. I hope that inside that facility they're staying positive. Not my job to stay positive. They've won one out of their last 10 games. That is flat unacceptable for Wichita State basketball. I don't care who they're playing. You don't win one out of 10 games. Like, that's not okay. And, yeah, it's been a top-heavy opening to the conference schedule. Again, that doesn't mean you get to lose all of them, right? Like, not when you've had leads and done the things they need to do. So, what's the refocus then, right? Not It's not so much staying positive as it is staying realistic, right? They play again Wednesday. They should beat East Carolina at home. Should they beat SMU at home? I don't know. Probably <laughs> don't not. Know. Like SMU's four and one and thirteen and five in the overall. You know, so probably not. You know, are you are you going to go to at Tulsa and win? You hope so. Are you going to Memphis and winning? Then you get a home game at UTSA. Okay, Florida Atlantic at home. I don't think anybody's confidence there. How, can you be confident in any road win right now? Like, what are we looking at? A five win conference season here? I don't know. I, I so. Yeah, I'd be able to, you know, maybe be a little bit more optimistic with that if there was some sort of indication that I had that, you know, something was getting better and they're not shooting the ball well, they're turning the ball over too much Um, that, you know, we've seen small flashes of it. The first half of the Memphis game, right? Like that was one of the flashes. There've been a couple of other ones here and there, but nothing sustaining, nothing that is sustainable right now. They're having a hard time stringing together 40 minutes of basketball. That's a problem. It continues to be a problem. Uh, It's rearing its ugly head right now. I don't know what it's going to take. It's got to get it turned around. You can hear from both coaches of the struggling programs tonight. See what they're saying. See where the confidence sits. 6 o'clock Terry Nooner, 7 o'clock Paul Mills, and obviously for free on the Odyssey app if you're not by your radio. We'll come back. We'll tell you what else is on the air tonight when we return on Sports Daily. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. 
Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.